0: Just by buying a head of garlic at the at Whole Foods or whatever, you're immediately in this like crazy complex global economy that nobody really understands. And so this is an attempt to sort of um yeah. you know, peel back some of the layers around it.
1: Hello and welcome to Farm On, the podcast where I get to speak with agriculturists, artists, and activists on the front lines of the food movement. I'm Joe Phillips. Did you hear how I said Activists 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 That's because I've been in Chicago since 1998 And I say Activists Um, But I'm trying to move the family out to greener pastures uh, Back to my home state of Oklahoma Try to get some acreage 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 Or down there Acreage At any rate um, Change is hard But we're doing the best we can to make it happen so I've been a little bit busy, but still trying to squeeze in one podcast a month. And today I'm speaking with my friend, David Mettler, who's a freelance writer, producer, and director of nonfiction TV and film based in New York City. Um, David has worked for worked on shows for MSNBC, The History Channel, MTV, PBS, The Discovery Channel, etc. And today we're mainly talking about... A an episode that he did for a series called Rotten on Netflix. Uh, it must have been at least two years ago that I was sitting in a really uh, kind of divey bar in Austin with David and his wife Kim, who's a good friend of mine. And we started talking about farming and uh, food, and he tells me that he was then uh, working on this. Uh, big project for netflix and uh one of the main stories was about garlic and not just about how garlic is grown but how garlic affects international trade all over the world specifically china importing to the u.s and he told me about this really cool guy stanley crawford a small farmer based in new mexico who's kind of like the um Poet laureate of the garlic world. Um, Turns out, uh, to my ears, he's like a Wendell Berry reincarnate. But at any rate, um, I wanted to talk to David about his show called Garlic Breath, and uh, we talked about it. So let's peel back the layers. Uh, Before Warren, my cat was going... Bat shit crazy while we were doing the show, so you'll hear my cat and a little bit of audio interruption on the phone line. At any rate, here's David. So what's up, man? How you doing? Not much.
0: Good. Good. How are you? How's the, the, hey. the family and baby and everything? Family and baby
1: good. and everything are good. Is he still?
0: Does he still count as a baby? Or well, he, is he is a uh, full-grown
1: man now. He's actually... <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yes. I tell him that, uh, soon all of this will be yours. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, I don't want I this. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> um, no, he's, uh, he's, he's a toddler, but, uh, yeah. he's, he's definitely in the three nature stage, you know, well, the, yeah, that's thing. Pretty intense. it's very intense. Yeah. Uh, everything is his and he wants it now. And, uh, there will be no discussion about it. It's yeah, um,
0: they, they, they can be such little assholes. It.
1: Yes, it is like living with a little tiny dictator. All
0: the time. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. It's so it's so nuts. They're such little dictators, exactly. Oh, and you they're have so two. self-centered, and they're so like <laughs> d- dramatic and <clears throat> and unrealistic. Know. They have no idea what it takes to do so, anything. That it takes time. So, Ours are, you know, five and a half now. And they're still, they're, they're still just like the weird, weirdest little look, Tilly this morning, you know, they had just woken up yeah. and out of the blue, she goes, have you seen my, um, my chapstick? I don't know where my unicorn chapstick is. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm sure it's somewhere. And she's like, because, and she totally started crying. She's like, lost it. she's like, because on my birthday (laughs) which was in september last (laughs) september she's like delphine kept using it and she used it she used it all up and she wouldn't let me use it it was mine yeah i was like like holding this (laughs) for no reason for six months or whatever it's so bizarre
1: dude who says repressed uh memories aren't real man and uh also um kind of alarmed that they're making a uh, lip balm out of unicorns
0: now. I, I know. <laughs> Unicorn the horn is um yeah grind it up and you can get a really Valued. incredible um moistening effect.
1: <laughs> it's some so. expensive lip balm. I can't even imagine what your budget <laughs> is for lip. Care. Well you know, it's important to them so <laughs> it's <laughs> all that next Netflix money going into lip exactly. balm. <laughs> <laughs> um but listen man I, I'm glad we finally caught up and yeah. uh so in my show my little humble show with a steadily growing audience not a fast growing audience a steadily growing audience um, more It is more I think so yeah just did I read that you used to work for Vice at one point
0: I did yeah yeah, yeah, yeah was I worked that? for it, uh, I hated it. I worked with <laughs> it for a year. It was right at, at the time that um, Viceland, the channel, yeah. was about to launch. Yeah. Um, so I was one of the people brought on as a showrunner to oversee a new series that they were producing for the new network. Right. Um, and uh, it was, yeah, like a it was, just, about it was just a show about giant or like and, people uh, shooting each other for fun. It was. You know, it wasn't like, it was just like nobody, a lot of, like a lot of people didn't really know what they they were doing. There's yeah. like this sort of weird distrust between like the core sort of like vice lifer and yeah. people from, from the TV and film industry, like myself, who, who were brought in right. as like professionals to do, you know, these, this work yeah. and, um, was like, ah, yeah, you've just been out there, you know, making shitty TV all this time, and like we we're here, like changing the world with our oh, you know, God. new Vice style, and it was like that kind of vibe yeah. was just um, everywhere. So
1: yeah, it, it felt like that because I remember when Vice went from a little uh, free thing you get at the bar, yeah, to like there were these suddenly these giant posters, and I remember thinking like, who, what? What, uh, you know, mega, uh, uh, communications company just like, or, you know, broadcast company just like bought them up and is just like pumping money into it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it was, it's Disney. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Disney owns a huge stake. So that is Disney, making sense. Uh, yeah, it's funny, right? <laughs> so Disney who owns, um, was it through E or was it separate from E? but basically like E networks mm-hmm. is owns a stake. And I think they're, they're owned or part owned by Disney. So that means that like Disney owns a stake. Hmm. So that's, weird. Um, that's where a lot like this huge, and that's what valued them suddenly at like $5 billion. And now they're supposedly worth a lot more, but wow. Uh, you know, their network's been a huge flop Like, no, they just Nobody yeah. watches
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's so, weird, right? It's weird how some things catch on and others don't but.
0: Yeah, totally
1: Well, Netflix has caught on, that seems like it was Netflix another. has caught on, yeah
0: <laughs> A little bit, although they're, It's interesting, you know, they're spending like $8 billion on productions This, this year alone in uh, eight, which $8 billion is with a eight B? Billion, yeah, what? which is in Totally insane
1: what and does that even
0: mean? Is that like I don't even know. more but than don't like the, the EU or something? Yeah, it's 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 crazy. So yeah. it's like they're spending so much money on all this new content and it's just all kind of piling on top of each other and you know, I don't know. Right. It's a it's a bubble. There's like sort of yeah, like a, like a it's, bubble happening that's not Sustainable. It's but. gotta
1: get. It's gotta saturate at a certain
0: point. It, totally. Like how totally.
1: much? <laughs> how much entertainment can the American public really exactly <laughs>
0: digest? You know, I mean, it, it's already like you go on Netflix and I'm like, oh, here's like five new five Netflix new shows things. that maybe look kind of good, and then like you forget about them and they're replaced by five other ones. You're know, like, oh, right. yeah. So
1: it's like this little factory just cranking it out. Yeah. yeah.
0: Huh.
1: Well, you got sucked into the factory. I did. Are you uh well it's how did you what were you doing like what was your life like before you became the director of this show that I wanted to talk about called um Garlic Breath? Yeah. Uh what were you doing before that and how did getting that position change your life?
0: Um I mean I was doing the same work just for different outlets so yeah. um whether it was uh, basically I, I'm a freelance director writer producer so mm-hmm. um and sometimes I'm hired to to act as a showrunner overseeing an entire series um mm-hmm. uh, I kind of like going back and forth between the two cuz the work that I did like on Rotten um you know you get a chance to really kind of like dive into to a story and like yeah, and it's
1: ongoing it. right i mean at least it feels like in the show that it's uh that it's unfolding in the moment but i guess that's just maybe my perspective it, well, as the viewer No, right? it,
0: most oh. of them that wasn't the case but in the garlic breath episode that was um, oh really one of the few where like the story was changing and ah, um, that's unfolding cool. in like really dramatic ways as we were in production that's cool. um so I actually went back I, I had to go back to New Mexico to film a second time oh. with both sets of farmers and the attorney because two things were happening. One was that the the um, Department of Commerce was mm-hmm. you know coming to its conclusions about these filings, and then it was the uh, relationship between the two sets of farmers.
1: Oh was, man, it was so you know, tense. breaking. You know, <laughs> so tense throughout that
0: time. So,
1: and they um, they try to kind of uh, tie it up with a nice bow, like to some degree. But it sounded like it was really contentious. It, I just felt bad for everybody involved in those little farms. It was, yeah, dragged into this thing. Yeah, totally. Man, well, I'm glad to hear that because when I was watching it, I thought, you know, am I just being manipulated as a viewer like this feels like it's a suspense thriller that's happened that's kind of unfolding before my eyes and I thought well if that's not the case then it's really you know clever writing and and uh just kind of framing everything but um it is a very like suspenseful kind of whodunit tale you know yeah Um, yeah the production value with the music and just you know all the intensity of that mood and the tone is very, very heavy. Cool.
0: Yeah. That was, um, definitely one of the challenges with it was, was taking a story that like uh, what in, in a lot of respects was, you know, very dry, you know, um, trade law is not something that is particularly like (laughs) dramatic or glamorous or sexy. So taking, um, these like really arcane and complicated, um, mm-hmm. regulations and explaining enough of them, you know, so that you could kind of get why these people were doing what they were doing. Um, but then also, you know, using like the, um, the, the dramatic, mm-hmm. uh, the story of mm-hmm, of these mm-hmm. people's as they were experiencing it as the thing that kind of like keeps you emotionally invested and and interested in finding well, out yeah, what happens.
1: And there's so much intrigue. You've got, you know, these small time farmers in New Mexico. One of them's like this kind of amazing kind of poet and uh yeah. thinker and philosopher writer, mm-hmm. Stanley uh Crawford. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love yes. to pick up his, one of his books cause, uh, Oh, you should. Yeah.
0: He's, he's, uh, I, I love his writing. I, I read, um, I mean, I read the garlic Testament and then I, since, um, filming with him have read, um, a book of his essays, um, called uh, the river in winter. Cool. Um, it's really, it's really good. And, and, his whole, his story itself is, is really fascinating and he's just a really interesting guy.
1: Have you read, ever read Wendell Berry or familiar with him? No, I
0: just saw you mentioned that in your email and yeah. he, um, he, he has been compared to yeah. Wendell Berry Absolutely. And I, I, like, I've always wanted to read him. I haven't read him though. But like his you,
1: syntax right? and the, and just his speaking voice when he or his reading voice, when he reads his own work, I mean, it's like it really? really is like a spitting image almost but wow. in a, in a good way i mean there needs to, <laughs> there need to we need more voices like that in the yeah. world you know but uh yeah he's great so you've got uh him and the other small farm and then it's like uh this uh kind of corporate trade lawyer <laughs> who's kind of roping yeah. them in he's kind of this likable guy, actually. I'm like, Oh, you seem like a really nice guy. uh, He looks a lot like, um, the elder, uh, Gary (laughs) Shandling. Totally. I I hadn't thought that, but you're right. I'm like, I can't wait for the Gary Shandling documentary to come out in a couple days. Oh yeah. That's a total, not doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. uh, (laughs) At any rate. Um, and then it jumps back and forth between China and the States and the way the Chinese kind of garlic empire is framed. It's like such a menacing force, you know, it's like amazing how much garlic comes out of China.
0: It's, It's really wild. The fact that, you know, that was one of the surprising things too, for, for me when I started working on it was, um, which, you know, I knew nothing about the garlic industry when I started the project. Yeah, I
1: wanted to ask you about that. Like, did they yeah. pick you and they're like, David, we know that you... <laughs>
0: you look like you like you a lot of garlic. You smell like garlic. A lot <laughs> no, they basically, like, the way the stories were selected was that the um, there was sort of a lead investigative reporter, Christine Haney, who is um, mm. um, a very, like seasoned, um, hmm. investigative reporter who's worked for, you know, the times and the wall street journal and, hmm. um, Washington post. And she, um, she helped develop the idea for the series hmm. cool. and she would do a lot of the initial. So she found this story. Hmm. Um, and I, my, I was act the garlic story and I was actually originally kind of doubtful that I, we could do anything. Right really like dramatic or right, interesting right. with it because it was like, well, this just kind of seems like a bunch of people filing different <laughs> cases with the department of commerce. And that's right. so incredibly dry. Right. Um,
1: but you did have so many great slow motion of the
0: garlic being harvested, <laughs> <and> then, <laughs> which helps. Sure. It does. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, be- and in like New Mexico is so, it's so beautiful there. Yeah. Uh, it's such a cool place to shoot and, yeah. um, uh, China, of course, w- was also, yeah. you know, a great place to shoot. Yeah. And um, a nice
1: contrast
0: to, to like
1: totally New Mexico. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but, um, anyway, yeah. So she would, she sort of, you know, found the story and kind of had a certain idea of how we could tell it. And then those are, that's kind of passed off to the directors. And then, so as the director, I started You know, looking at it and writing up like the the treatment for it, and Hmm. and talking to people, talking to the 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 subjects themselves on the phone, and getting a sense of, you know, what they, you know, what what their story is from their own perspective before I ever even fly out there. So you were writing
1: as much as you were directing then.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, fully. Cool. Uh, Yeah, and the writing process kind of begins with like you're writing, writing the treatment and really figuring out this general shape of what I think the story is going to be. Yeah, yeah, And then, yeah. you know, write all your interview questions and all that. And then you go out and write, conduct all the interviews, um, and shoot all of the, you know, the scenics and the sort of the verite scenes with the subjects. And then you come back and start writing the script hmm. and, uh, you know, get everything transcribed. And then I start. Piecing it together And so form. Was there anybody
1: who pop, Like there's characters Who pop in and out And like Was there Were there any characters That you just didn't expect To Talk to when you were oh, I'm sorry My cat is suddenly <laughs> I'm trying to throw Something at her She always Gets uh, out of the way Right before Yeah I, I mean something. when
0: I s- <laughs> When I um, when I started, I, the, the the Avram and Katz and Kristen Davenport, his wife, had not. Um, they had were not going to participate. Oh, really? So oh, one of the first they're an important part of the. Script. Oh yeah. Well, see, originally they weren't really a part of it. Originally, the story oh, was just. Yeah, yeah. Stanley Crawford and Aubrey and Kristen and Ted Hume are fighting, you know, big garlic. Yeah. So the split hadn't happened until we were already in oh, production. Oh, wow. That's uh, crazy. And we became aware of it in like January of last year. And then, and, and, you know, saw like the letter that, that they had written. Yeah. Um, which sort of happens towards the end. That's like when they finally sort of switch sides and yeah. that letter, we were like, wow, this is, you know, uh, really but yeah. dramatic, you know, so you term. have we can't to have really there you
1: have to have them hold out part of the story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I talked to them on the phone and, and, you know, um, uh, explained to them that, <laughs> were they we like, really, what's in it for us?
1: Cause that's kind of what their,
0: yeah, what it their mode was the whole time. I mean, they, it seemed uh, that way anyway. I, I mean, uh, you know, they, they certainly didn't ever ask me for, you know, money or anything like that, but it was like, yeah. um, there's always that sort of negotiation between me and the people on the other side of the camera in in like kind of selling them on the idea of Mm -hmm. doing this documentary. And really in this case, it's like, look, you guys can feel free to not participate, obviously, you know, but if you don't, we are doing this, episode you know this story is going to be told it's just going to be told without, without any input yeah. from you yeah and without your voice and so other people are going to be talking about you know your experiences and 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 sort of you know establishing the yeah. narrative and if yeah, you want it to have be been heard,
1: one-sided or two-sided i guess two sides exactly. of a three-sided story i guess yeah. and
0: uh and so so yeah so they decided to do it but like obviously the um the big the Christopher Ranch and Harmony, which is, mm-hmm. Harmony is the big Chinese garlic company and Christopher mm-hmm. Ranch is the biggest garlic company in the U S.
1: And they're not even really a producer so much as they're just like a, a, a amalgamator or like distributor of all these different producers. They're a producer also. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: So they, they, they have gone more, as the industry has changed and, and the market has changed. They, they've gone, um, less, they've been doing less production hmm. and, than they used to and more right. um, importing of garlic and, and selling that garlic. And they import garlic from all over the world, not just from China and not just from Harmony. So they get garlic from a lot of it comes from like Mexico, Argentina, Spain. Um okay. and other,
1: which you uh, don't even really touch on that much. It pretty much focuses no. on China,
0: but it totally. And, I mean, the, and the that's way just that, because it's mostly China. But.
1: And the way that it opens up the story to all of the other social Justice issues, social inequality, and and uh, human rights violations. Oh my <laughs> God, it's insane! What, I don't even want to give it away, but like, what? How the way that China processes so much cheap garlic is just like it's atrocious. And I mean, it just it just opens up a huge can of worms about yeah, uh, just international agriculture in general, but also like that raises this question, like, why don't we just grow garlic here? I mean, it's the easiest thing to grow.
0: I know. No, you're totally right. I mean, I
1: remember I did this or I, I show this documentary a lot to my students about gardening in Detroit and, um you know, a lot of urban farmers in Detroit area. And uh there's this, you know, uh, really awesome – Detroit farmer who's like why the hell Do we import garlic from China It's the easiest thing to grow you just stick it In the ground pretty much anywhere (laughs) Where it Doesn't freeze all the time And you can grow garlic like it's It's so simple And uh, yet we Import it because of the bottom Line to great uh, To great uh, Damage to the (laughs) Human beings on the other side Of the of the invoice, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting. And, and, and that's where, like, I mean, that's like the, 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 one of the things that like, that the series really tries to plumb is the, you know, how these really simple, um, basic consumable commodities are, you know, have these, you know, just by buying a head of garlic at the, at whole foods or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You are, as stanley points out you know whenever you walk a box store but yeah. even you know at a grocery store too obviously you like you are immediately in this like crazy complex global economy that nobody really understands and so this is an attempt to sort of um yeah. you know peel back some of the layers around it but the labor thing that you mentioned like the it's it is crazy that yeah. that was also one of the really eye-opening things for me on this is that the the fact that it is that garlic is already really cheap. So,
1: right. right.
0: How like cheap do, does it need to it, be? How cheap does it need to be? And the fact that <laughs> right. you can get it cheaper right. from uh, China, that, it is, that transportation costs have gotten so low and that mm-hmm. um, the cost of production in China is so much lower than it mm-hmm. is here. And that's the answer to, the, to your question about why don't we just grow it all here? Mm-hmm. It's because we can still get it cheaper from China, um, mm-hmm. especially given the fact that when that once you start factoring in additional layers of labor or processing, including peeling the garlic. So, you know, another thing that we don't even touch on in the show is that a lot of the garlic that we import from China is dehydrated. And if you look at the ingredients of almost any processed food, and this is something that really didn't pick up until the 90s, but like a ton of our processed foods every bag of chips every you know pretzel like any kind of uh-huh. snack food or whatever is flavored with dehydrated garlic almost everything Weird. any any kind of savory you know snack type food or huh. pre prepared food yeah and so a lot of that stuff and, wow. and that's honestly like a whole other story because whole, you didn't even touch that I don't that, even know anything film. about because that's a different product, dehydrated garlic. Oh, but back man. to the peeled garlic, it's like once you get into um, the fact that there's like a, a big demand for peeled garlic here, yeah. um, then you're adding this layer of processing, which yeah. is just always in our current, you know. Yeah. The current state of things is, is always going to be cheaper.
1: Because it's so labor intensive. Anybody who's so cooked and has to peel garlic, like it's, I mean, it and takes the, me forever. And the
0: growing of the yeah. garlic. So, like, they have a really interesting system there that you actually, which I can talk about, that, that yeah. it's, it's not what you expect. It would expect in China. It's not like a huge corporate factory farm. Huh. It's all. Um, small, these farms. small farmers, they're like one to two acres. So that oh, farmer, his wife, who we interviewed, they've got like two acres and, wow. and all the garlic in that region. And that region in Jincheng mm-hmm. County in, in Shandong province in China mm-hmm. is like, that's the garlic capital. Wow. And so they, all they aggregate seed. their, all of their small farms in China. Exactly. Too. So yeah he kind of talks about it in the, in one of the scenes in the beginning where we were interviewing him in the field while he's picking the scapes mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, so a buyer, you know, will come to my house and I'll sell it to them. Okay. And that's basically what they do. And I'm sure um, the
1: buyers are coming by and they're like, I'm going to only pay you this much because I know that I'm undercutting, you know, somebody else and, you know, basically just trying to get the lowest price they possibly can. I'm sure. T- totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then and you actually at, somebody makes a point, a really profound point. I think that, and I think it was the Avram farm in New Mexico where they're like, you know, we're doing this for us, but we're also doing it for the Chinese garlic farmer because they're in the same situation.
0: Yeah. You know, and that's where, um, you know, not to jump around too much, but what yeah. you mentioned earlier, like they come off kind of looking like a little bit, um, a little gritty like there, just greedy or whatever, a little but like grubby. Yeah. Yeah, um, and and the truth is, you know, I was actually sort of surprised that they came off that way to other people because to me, and I spent a lot of time with them, mm-hmm. it was like they're sort of just like, you know, one of the victims in all this mm-hmm. and you know, they're raising a family, they do not have a lot of money and so it's like, well, they're trying to make ends meet and trying to like kind of get by in this world Doing something that is really hard to, right. you know, have as your primary source of income, which is being a small organic farmer. Yeah, and, and they're like, I kind of don't blame them. You know, they're they were, they were doing what they needed to do. Like, fine, someone's got this. You know, they're going to pay us to do this thing. Granted, it's a, like it's, big, it's morally dubious what they did, but that's, like,
1: yeah, no, but you can you can definitely understand their position, and yeah. and it's such a normal story for small farms in the US and I assume everywhere but you know there's this precarious thing where you know you're a small farm and you do it because you love it and you you become good at it and then you get bigger but it's like how much bigger do you need to grow to sort of justify getting to that next place you know and totally. there's all in farming there's just and in any business you're always Trying to grow to stay alive, but it's so complicated in farming. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, it's so risky, and it, yeah, you know, that couple's looking for like machinery to make things more automated and faster, and you know, and that's kind of an. And I feel like Stanley kind of provides such an interesting foil to that because he kind of has the soul of a, you know. Old timey, mm-hmm. you know, one with the land type of guy. And then he's gifted some beautiful new <laughs> machinery from yeah. some shadowy place in China. <laughs> yeah. and he doesn't even know how to use it. He's like, I don't, this is a,
0: this is I a know. peeler. I have no idea how this works. So I know. Funny. It's so weird. I mean, that was like the, the, the thing about this particular episode too that really stuck with me was just sort of like how every, character in it is sort of compromised in one yeah, way yeah, other. yeah. You yeah. Know, it's like totally. they're all sort of like but again, like Stanley and Avram and Kristen, um, and those Chinese farmers in um Jincheng, China, are like, mm-hmm. you know, none of them are, you know, making big bucks here. Like none of them yeah. are wealthy. You know, no. Stanley lives in they all live have, live very humble lives. Yeah. And Um, it's all kind of like, it's, so I'd say it's not out of greed. It's out of, you know, like they're acting out of it, you know, just a, a desire for survival, for survival and, and, and for, uh, you know, security in their lives. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. um, And and it's a story of the one percenters. I mean, we don't even really get to talk to the people who are really making the money. They're just these faceless entities right that are filing lawsuits against these small New Mexico farmers um, yeah. i mean it's it happens with Monsanto here all the time you know um it's tragic you know it's sad it's it's unfortunate and totally and uh it's a machine it's like trying to hold back the tidal wave you know
0: yeah and you know another thing that 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 isn't to that same point that isn't really addressed in the piece because um, mo- mostly we just didn't have time and mm-hmm. you get kind of like to a point of information yeah. overload sure. with a show like this, which I think we probably already passed anyway because it's just, it's sort of too much information. You it, gotta I did sort get of lost
1: like, a couple times, but it's, you know. It's, it's,
0: yeah, it's okay. I mean, it, <laughs> but um, the, uh, um, the fact that, Stanley and mm. Auburn and Kristen, like, really don't operate in the same um, market as right. Christopher Ranch and Harmony. Like, right. they're not, not even, competitors. No, they're so, like
1: they're doing farmers markets. They to, sell at the, the farmers market, to
0: the and they sell for like eight to ten to twelve dollars a pound. Yeah, their garlic, they're which is rolling you know, up
1: in their pickup truck and putting up a little sign, like exactly. what? It's not even like, the so, same realm.
0: Um, okay. The people that buy garlic from them are not necessarily even like the same people who, you know, buy garlic or, you know, it's not like, Oh, should I buy this like super expensive locally grown shopping? They're already bought into the whole system. Exactly. So there's something slightly, um, I don't know if disingenuous is the right word, but there's something slightly disingenuous about the whole attempt to sort of, you know, complaint for Stanley and, and, and oh, okay. Avram and Kristen, okay. to the DOC, because, because it's like they're oh, that dumping,
1: uh, that dumping cheap jar- garlic right. from China like, oh, really is really going to affect their bottom line it, anyway. It, 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 it's not. So, so that's, that's the interesting. thing, but they that, were, but they were singled out by, or Stanley at least was approached by the lawyer. Well, so, the law, lo-
0: Exactly. And so, he, so Ted, he was
1: working for, on behalf of some Chinese company. Yeah. Something.
0: So that's where it gets kind of, <laughs> it's, kind of it's sketchy. It's weird. weird. It's that like, you know, Ted, the trade lawyer, represents these companies who are right. direct competitors with Harmony. Harmony is the biggest Chinese producer. Right. Um, and they, um, so he's being paid by them. You know, he, yeah. he's their attorney and he, then, is like, you know, well, I want to stand up for the American garlic grower, and it's uh-huh. kind of he he says that, but it's also kind of impossible to separate that out from the fact that well, right. you are also being paid by this other Chinese company's competitors.
1: It's not like a small farm, like you right, know, the, salt his, of the earth company. It's just another, you know, exactly mon- Jack's buy,
0: yeah. Who's the quote-unquote shadowy garlic businessman from Qingdao, China? He, like, um, um, you know, he is accused of doing all kinds of sketchy practices to bypass anti-dumping tariffs, as well. I knew he was and, up to no good, and so, so, so they're all kind of doing all this sketchy stuff. But it doesn't change the fact that like Christopher Ranch and Harmony were essentially colluding to, um, you know, slowly sort of like over the entire market market by exactly through this process of, you know, um, sort of like uh, gaining the the anti-dumping system. Man, Uh, so interesting. Anyway, they're all. That's why I mean by like everybody's, you know, and they Kristen has that. Hands. It's like every nobody's hands are clean in yeah, this thing. So. It's so true. Um, it's just wild, and
1: that's where they were maybe the most honest out of the, you know, out of the totally. interviewees. Like, and it's e- so that it's easy for us to kind of like. You know, pass judgment on them and say, like, oh, they were being, uh, you know, like, opportunistic or whatever. No, they were just being honest. They were like, yeah, we, we need money to survive. Yeah. So we thought this was a thing, and we didn't realize it was going to be such a total, just hot mess, you
0: know? Yeah, totally. And, and you know, I'll, they they were very unhappy with like with the way the piece came out I'll also say oh crap um, that which sucks. really sucks cause, uh, you know you yeah. kind of develop like a relationship with these people and yeah. they were super pissed about the way it all came out oh uh, man that's which bad. was a bummer because I felt like it was very fair to them and, wow. and uh, yeah they totally tell their side of the story yeah
1: you know? it's like, I mean they got it and but, they uh, had a lot of time on screen you know but sure I mean I can understand they, they're a little bit jaded at this point i'm sure yeah um yeah. i want to i want to ask about ming ju if i say yeah. his name right did you ming yeah. ju shu <laughs> ming ju shu he's, a, he's a total badass did you guys he put is. him up to taking his uh
0: no smuggle no, camera he into had, china he had already already done that
1: man what a ballsy move yeah god yeah. and i mean he could have been they would have just made him disappear if he was caught I,
0: you don't have no no idea what would have, what would have happened corporate so.
1: crime is no joke in china man like no. from what i understand i've been there twice how many times did you go to china that's just once uh from what i understood from uh people there like you could uh you know you could commit some crime and accidentally kill or not accidentally you could kill numerous people and you would spend less time in Behind bars than if you were some sort of corporate, um, you know, rebel rouser, like dissident or something. If you uh, tried to dis- disrupt the, <clears throat> you know, the flow of profit yeah. coming into China, like
0: you're gone. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So he's definitely not planning on going back, you know.
1: <laughs> so he, <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but like he's such a hero uh, in this whole kind of. But he's like a, but I love he's like he's like the lone wolf, you know. He's like yeah,
0: off on no, the side. No, he was total badass, and yeah. um, he, um, yeah. I mean, it was really, really ballsy what he did, <laughs>
1: right? And but. So we can, without giving too much away, I can say that he kind of helps, uh, reveal that, you know, prison labor has a huge part to do with why Chinese, uh, garlic is so cheap. Right. And it, and it kind of barely touches on the U S prison labor, um, uh, laws, I guess, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> of which there are none apparently right. because, uh, did you see the Thirteenth? That documentary? No, you mentioned that, but I haven't
0: actually. I didn't know that they talked about prison labor in that. But um,
1: well, uh, I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've seen it, but f- uh, from my from what I remember, it's basically the gist of it is that the um, industrial prison complex in the United States is basically held aloft by the Thirteenth Amendment, which says that has this very vague language that says that, um, prisoners are, you know, it, it, it somehow, uh, kind of gives free reign to prison labor and creating things. And the fact that yeah. like, so much of our goods, like durable goods and stuff are made in prisons and we have no idea, you know, yeah. or, or unless you pay attention, you don't have any idea. Um, which is funny that in China, it's supposed to be illegal, um, cause we always think of China as like a place that's blatantly human has human rights violations. Um, right. but maybe it's just not as, uh, uh, I don't know, legislated or something.
0: Yeah. Well, it, well, there is, so the law there says that, um, certain things are okay to produce by prison labor, just like we have laws here that there's tons of goods that Um, we're okay apparently with washing
1: machines and dishwashers and whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I didn't even know that it went that far into like consumer items, but, Mm -hmm. um, in China it's supposedly the, the legal prison labor stuff is things like, um, like shoes for police officers and, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of like state, um, thing, things that fulfill some like state purpose. Um, and that, peeling garlic or do or other like commercial ventures mm-hmm. um for export are what's illegal there right and because so it's pure profit what doing, it's not yeah uh-huh. i guess so yeah it's not like yeah. helping the state and then um and then in the u.s there was a law that obama signed in 2016 that prevents the u.s or supposed to prevent people in the u.s from importing mm-hmm. goods that are of course it's totally hypocritical Right. Because we we oh do use God. our own prison labor for all kinds of things, and we're fine with that.
1: Oh, and so, it all ballooned apparently in the Clinton administration. It just like it just like exploded exponentially. The amount of right. giant prisons just cranking out, and you know, yeah. and then it like incentivizes uh, you know arrests and right imprisonment yeah. of minorities. Oh, what a it's so right fucked up. Oh it's my. so fucked up. So anyway, China's a different kind of situation. But this guy Ming Zhu just goes in there with a the camera like under his coat. Oh, man, I can't even imagine.
0: And and that was like, I, I was really, when. so one of the places that we shot in Beijing was in, in this place called Jinfadi Market, mm. um, which is like those shots of the guys like loading. It's yeah. like the giant kind of marketplace. Yeah, beautiful shots that place was um it was uh, un it was just like unbelievable yeah. it was you you cannot get a sense of how yeah. big the place is from what we shot yeah. um but it's literally it's like an entire mid, mid to large size american city city <laughs> um, i knew you were going to say city you it is like that insane. in China. it's crazy it's like it's not even one. So you're right. You've been there. So you've probably been to places like this. It's it blows like, your mind. There's like a, uh, there's like a, a vegetables and produce section and that's kind of like the size of a town. And then yeah. right next to it is like the meat, um, thing. And then there's a seafood section yeah. and then there's, and they have like hotels there and <laughs> yeah. restaurants and oh, there's a food court there that was like, you know, for all the people that, cause they drive their produce into this one market from all over the world. Yeah. Um, And there was a, um, there was a food court there that we threw and unfortunately didn't get a chance to eat, eat lunch in, but it was like our local fixer there was telling, explaining to us that like, yeah, every stall and there's like 30 stalls. He's like, every stall is, you know, sort of a different region of Chinese cuisine Oh so people, God. when they drive here from like far off in some other province in China, they can come here and have like sort of a meal, you know, right. from from their home. Taste the country, weekend. yeah, oh, wow. yeah, that's and you can try all the other ones too. Right. Of course, yeah. So um, that's crazy. it. Was just it was it was really amazing to see.
1: Well, and the I want, the peeled garlic thing is hilarious because I I'm guessing you oh. the U S is like the main importer of peeled garlic, which is just like you know how profoundly lazy do Americans <laughs> have to be,
0: you know, I know. like well, I have a feeling that a lot of it, I mean, I know people buy it, people buy the, the peeled garlic, but a lot of it is stuff that ends up in, um, products okay. in, in like pre made processed like, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if you buy like, you know, like something at Trader Joe's, that's like those frozen dinners or whatever. Right. And there's garlic sliced garlic pieces in it or something like when they're producing, um, pre-made meals on a mass scale like that, mm-hmm. chances are they're buying pre-peeled garlic and chances are it's coming from China. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, and same with restaurants, I think restaurants probably buy a lot of like those big jugs of pre-peeled stuff. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. So all right. So it's not but, so
1: much the consumer, but just it, like yeah, the,
0: the, the it's both. appetite. It's both. But I think a lot of it is the appetite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So interesting. So well you went all over the place. You went to China. At some point there's like a quick shot of the what did I write down? The Gilroy Garlic Festival Oh, in yeah. California, I think so. We didn't shoot there. Oh. We
0: that was we we got oh, that okay. from um, we licensed it from Okay. I think from oh, the, the garlic festival yeah okay. from the garlic festival itself they have like you know we weren't able to go there because that that takes place in july or august or something okay. so it was past when we needed to be i just mentioned
1: sh- you guys like flying in and attending this like weird garlic i know. I, I was really hopeful <laughs> i mean
0: i've been to it many times as a kid because i grew up right around there oh so that's right you grew so up in california yeah so i grew up like my parents would take me to the Gilroy Garlic Festival every year. Oh, um, what a
1: coincidence.
0: Yeah, so then it, you know, now we're doing this documentary. Is that how you that, got
1: the documentary? You were like doing no. an interview and you're like,
0: "So, uh, I wasn't going to mention this
1: on my uh, my letter
0: but fan of the Gilroy Garlic Festival."
1: Uh, <laughs> I still have no. a I still have a t-shirt if you want to see it.
0: But I think I did tell that to um the president of Christopher ranch when I was trying to get them to do the documentary. I, <laughs> awesome. I, I love the, I love the, because <laughs> the they started it, you know, or they were his uh, dad. Would,
1: people but wait, it. they didn't actually end up on camera, did they?
0: No, they wouldn't. Oh, it. So it didn't work. No, it didn't work. They, they were, were like, about fuck to fuck
1: your childhood memories.
0: Yeah, exactly. He, first he agreed to, and then, um, <laughs> I think his lawyers got a hold of him and, right. uh, they're like, they like, like
1: why would you do this
0: but honestly it makes them look that much worse like that's what i, I kept know. trying to explain like look like yeah this he told the other people yeah, like this is your chance, we're doing this so. documentary like yeah. all that people are going to hear is Christopher Ranch declined to comment like right. that doesn't sound that great and it is a little bit you know telling Shady. that the yeah. only people who decided not to talk were them and harmony so right and then you put a little like um,
1: Kind of villainous music behind it. Every time you show the Christopher uh, <laughs> Ranch, and it's like, oh yeah, they're the villains right there. there they are. <laughs> oh man! So growing up in California, were you like into farming out there, or was it just
0: kind of like, did you go to Walmart you know, like everybody well, else? Uh, my dad grew up on a farm, oh, and yeah? so I grew, grew up going to visit my grandparents' farm as a kid all the time. Cool. Uh, and yeah, they, they had an 80 acre farm in outside of Bakersfield in Kern County Nice. and mostly grapes and potatoes and cotton. Mm. Um, and, um, they, uh, my dad grew up like working the farm, you know, through from the time he was a little kid to the time that he left, graduated high school. Nice. But so, um, there's definitely was always like a real appreciation for it, and yeah. my parents always had a big garden you know yeah. i've you know as an adult had kept a my own vegetable garden here when i you know have a yard now of course I live in an apartment that doesn't have a yard which in Brooklyn right really sucks because we yeah yeah, um, but um you'll get there, uh, you'll get there. yeah it's next someday. Um, but yeah, so no more of these
1: Netflix things and move out to the Hamptons (laughs) or something.
0: Well, I would, um, but, um, yeah, no, I've always been, um, really, really into gardening and and growing food. And that's another, I mean, there, there's one quote that to me really kind of, um, doesn't quite, um, embody the episode Mm -hmm. because the episode so many different directions. But one thing that Stanley says, which Mm -hmm. I think is something that sort of an idea that you probably talk a lot about, Mm -hmm. think a lot about is that it's the very first line in the, in the show, Mm -hmm. um, after the sort of cold open, you know, um, Mm -hmm. thing, but Stanley's, you're seeing him pulling, you know, uh, harvesting garlic and he says, grow your own food is, is a revolutionary act. Mm -hmm. And that to me was just like such a powerful, accurate statement. Yeah. Um, and, and when because, you see it in the,
1: <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I mean, I, I want you to finish your thought, but when you see it in the context of your show, it really is. I mean, he really, he and the other New Mexico farmers, they really are revolutionaries when you look at it that way. It's like yeah. completely against the stream.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's cool and amazing that like there's still, you can still make that work just mm-hmm. barely. You know, <laughs> Just barely. Yeah. But people can and, and people do. And, and yeah. so that's really inspiring to see people actually you know, figuring out a way to survive, you know, uh, in that lifestyle. So cool. Like small scale, you know. Yeah. Um, so cool. That's actually, you know, that uh, I wanted to. to uh, there's another thing that mm-hmm. I was really. Um, bummed, didn't make it into the documentary, but it's just, it's a little too peripheral to our story, but mm, like mm-hmm. the, um, um, it speaks to that like kind of small scale, um, farming. And that's that in New Mexico is one of the few places in the country where they use this, um, you know, h- hundreds of years old, um, water, uh, resource management,
1: uh,
0: uh system, which is called the Acequia system. Uh, okay. uh, which is actually like an arabic word apparently hmm. that was then when the moors um conquered spain it would be, you know spain adopted some of the the same techniques but basically it's it's a way of using uh natural watershed mm. to as a communal know, water source and it's a totally like democratic system it's not wow. um it's a sort of pre privatized or not you know it's it's Hmm. it's it's a communal and not privately owned um way of handling what's it called again water management acequias a c e q u i a s um and it's big in it's like much of new mexico still operates with these things and so there's a scene where in, in the show where um avram and kristen are like using this tractor to kind of clear out this brush and you just kind yeah, of uncle- yeah, yeah. Exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and in one of the versions of the, of the cut of which there were obviously hundreds Many. before yeah. the version, but that uh, we had this whole scene in there where their neighbor comes over and the way they do it is there's, there's a, a, one person in a, in a certain piece of the watershed is named or voted in as the mayor Domo is called hmm. of, of the asechia and that person is in charge hmm. and everybody else has their rights to the asechia and on certain at a certain time of year which is when we happen to be there people have to come together and clean clean out the position because uh, the
1: they, they all partake <clears throat> they in all they all depend on
0: it yeah and so it's in everyone's interest. To kind of pitch in and you have to you know figure and out all
1: specifically this. for irrigating crops it looks like i'm just reading up on the wikipedia right now yeah
0: yeah i think you know i don't know if if at one time it was um it was also you know for drinking water it probably was because it's such an arid region out there that it was probably just like that's where they got all uh, their water from also from wells but so interesting but yeah it's really cool um thing and Stanley um, has a book called Mayor Domo because he was the or Mayor Domo he was the, the Mayor Domo of his oh, cool a book about it says that yeah. uh, a
1: a, a, a sequia is from the Arabic which means water conduit or the one that bears water and also a barmaid apparently <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> that's a triple sweet. entendre yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, that's cool. I've never heard of that. That's really interesting.
0: Yeah. I wonder really if,
1: neat. I mean, I feel like, you know, you hear about what's going on in South Africa, and, okay. um, but it sounds like this might not be so much about water shortages or water um,
0: it's conservation
1: not. as much as like um, management, equilateral, um,
0: equitable management. Exactly exactly yeah how interesting and and it goes against you know i think like the the sort Uh of the standard way of of doing of of water rights right where you
1: right where you have rights and you buy it from you buy your water from somebody
0: wow so it's pretty
1: cool that's really cool democratized
0: communal water what a simple idea yeah and it's all you know it's water that's it's all like snow
1: mountain
0: mm-hmm. stuff Snowmelt. so it's it's um gravity fed it's all um exactly yeah oh wow yeah, it's
1: cool, cool man you taught me something new this is like a whole wormhole to
0: yeah i thought you would you would um, yeah that's really
1: cool no i can see why you couldn't fit it in the show because yeah it's a little bit like little there's nerdy. already enough complicated
0: yeah shit
1: explain yeah, yeah it, it's so, another so. technical thing but it's very yeah. interesting um man, it's so cool. And we didn't even talk about your other show Caught is Dead, but oh, yeah. I figured it, you know, that's a <laughs> it's another show. So, um, it's another show. Yeah, and uh it's great too. It's really great. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm super happy for you that you got Awesome. Got this gig and that you're making cool stuff. I think this is the first thing of yours I've actually seen. Um Yeah, it's
0: the first thing of mine that I'm, you know, that yeah. I've been really excited for people to watch.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. So well, uh, it's it's close to your heart and it's also just so, um, obviously a a passion and it's such a relevant yeah, thing yeah. too, you know. It's like f- food topics are so hot because people are just like looking around trying to figure out like what how are we going to how are we going to do get this. Out of this.
0: Yeah. 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 And uh, the one thing, you know, that's like that's uh, not um specific really to any of the episodes this was the thing that i think every episode um mm-hmm. had the same element which is that if you oh, kind of dig deep series, enough you mean? yeah if you dig deep enough into any kind of contemporary food sourcing you know stories like what you find and we found this these very parallel um things happening in like the dairy industry in the yeah. poultry industry is um and and in the caught in the, the fishing one that i did which is um consolidation yeah of production mm-hmm. into and profit into the hands of fewer and fewer people yeah and it becomes harder and harder for the small um independent operators to continue it's the same thing that's happening in fishing yeah fish has a whole other thing with like sustainability and, and overfishing right. happening but um but it's, there's that similar process happening. And that way I think I said earlier that like our farmer characters don't are sort of, they operate in a different market, but Mm -hmm. they still, there there are indirect ways in which they still feel the the pressures of this like globalized, corporatized, consolidated food production. Yeah.
1: Um, It's, it's kind of funny, right? Because they do, they're operating in a kind of parallel economy in a way.
0: Totally. But the
1: people who buy at farmers markets still have a choice. Like, totally. They, you know, I interviewed a a wheat farmer around here and she grows wheat and she knows how difficult it is to make sustainable wheat when you're trying to compete with the global wheat market, obviously. But she still admits, like, yeah, I go to the store and I'm like, ugh you know, $3 for a loaf of bread. Give me a break. How, I can't afford that, you know? And like, yeah. she's still a consumer at the end of the day and, you know, has to watch her money. So yeah, I know what you mean. It's like they, they exist on their own plane, but they are affected by it. Ultimately, Yeah,
0: totally. And, and, you know, I think there are, when you put it that way too, it's like I said earlier, you know, it's not the same people who buy garlic from the farmer's market who would buy it from the grocery store for much cheaper but there are certain people who fall into that category. But I think also when you think about it a little more, now that I've said the exact opposite of this, but (laughs) I think there are a lot lot of people who fall kind of right on the line, Mm -hmm. you know, who Mm -hmm. knows? I I feel like there must be people who Mm -hmm. you have a bad year at work. You're like, well, one thing I'm not going to do is buy $10 a pound garlic at the farmer's market when I get it for 50 cents a pound at the you know, key foods or whatever. Yeah,
1: I mean, so. I, f- I fall into that for sure. I mean, you know, we have our Costco months and then we have our farmer's market months, you know? Yeah. And, uh, there's a very different experiences and ways <laughs> totally. of interacting with the world. And yeah. on a deeply philosophical level, it's completely opposite, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's weird that they coexist, but they do.
0: Um,
1: yeah. one thing I know about farmer's markets too, is that increasingly like the, uh, attendance keeps going up Like people yeah. are showing up And they want to go But sales are kind of plateauing And then some things really, Is going down In huh. general It's like the wow. The the interest of the The like um, The kind of glamour <laughs> not, right, That's not the yeah. right word for it
0: But the no, but uh, It's become sort of like a Social, social Cultural yeah. Attraction yeah. That, that you're, Maybe that's interesting That it's not right. Quite Also an you know, economically.
1: Yeah. Um, this free feasible. thing I can
0: go to <laughs> so, and yet I don't spend, you know, $20 for my greens, you know, totally. So totally. I mean, I don't know if the, like the farmer's market, the Santa Fe farmer's market where we filmed and yeah. there's like that band playing, um, uh, uh, what's that song there? I asked them to play a pop song oh, yeah, that's yeah. in public domain. It? <laughs> it yeah. That. Oh, that's right. They did a man, man of man constant, constant sorrow. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh and um um but you know you can go there and hang out and not buy anything and it's just a big it's yeah. people in Santa Fe go there just to hang out it's yeah. like a big social gathering a and that was an and a curse thing. if
1: you're one of the one of the growers you're like oh man great there's all these yeah. beautiful people around and no one's buying my stuff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny well, cool. So you, um, then, well, you got, are you working on uh, anything else in this in this ilk
0: or this vein or? or? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm, right now I'm, I'm just finishing up a documentary about the Iran Contra affair, which oh, is wow. totally different. Yeah, uh, but also, but it's an amazing story. It's it's been really fun working on that too, like so, Oliver
1: North and the whole thing? yeah,
0: Oliver North, and Ronald Whoa. Reagan. Whoa, uh, interesting. John Poindexter, all those guys. Um, that's been really cool. Um, did you know, I I wanted to ask you, did you know that there's a, another podcast called yours is called farm on, right? Yeah. Farm on there's another one. You know, there's one called on farm. (laughs) There's one called on farm. No, I didn't know that. That's hilarious. It's in, it's a, it's, it's in like a local Iowa, um, Oh, that's hilarious. uh, Farming, uh, podcast.
1: (laughs) Dude, I should interview them. You totally should.
0: Uh, anyway, I thought I was because I I was looking at It, and it was like, oh, maybe I can get Joe's podcast on Stitcher. And I did a search, and on farm came. Up. <laughs> I'm not on Stitcher.
1: What do I have to do to get on Stitcher? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I was going to ask you. What conglomerate um, do I have to yeah. <laughs> have grease to the palms cult? of to get on yeah. Stitcher? Man, I, I'm totally going to get him on the show today. On farm, on it's on farm. On farm, welcome to farm on. Hilarious! Definitely, you definitely should. That's great. I'll, actually, what I'll do is I'll just sue them. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's if I've I learned am. anything from your show, it's
0: yep, sue early and
1: sue, sue absurdly hard. hard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, well, man, it's really great to talk to you, and um, yeah, I'm just so happy for your uh, continued career, and it's cool to watch Thanks, watch what you do. So.
0: Yeah, hopefully there's another season of these. So, I'll, I'll yeah. let you know what happens. Cool, please
1: do. Say hi to the fam, give all the Likewise, all the ladies a big hug and yeah. uh, hopefully we'll see you guys soon. Awesome, sounds good, Joe. Thanks a lot. All right, David, take care, man. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, thanks for listening. That's why I do this show so I can learn about things like acacias. Um, such a cool idea and something well worth looking into. So um, if you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with like-minded folks. Um, You can find Farm on the Podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Farm on Dharma. That's Farm on, D-H-A-R-M-A. My email is dharmaonthefarm at gmail.com. Until next time, uh, follow that sun, folks, and farm
0: on. Bye-bye.